Hello and welcome to In the Studio with Anne podcast. I'm Anne and this is Speak with Love book series reading from the five love languages of children. Today we're talking about chapter two with physical touch being the first love language we're talking about. So this chapter is really interesting because I have three girls and in this chapter it really touches on what happens for preteens and tweens and different two different groups of girls and one being the group of girls that feel very comfortable around boys and have a really good sexual identity and the other group that are very awkward and weird and kind of flirtatious and how they can be viewed well by the boys but then also get a bad reputation and be talked to talked about behind their backs and that they can also then not have a good relationship with girls because the girls see them doing this and how the difference between the two groups basically comes down to how their love tank was filled by their father um, and Basically, it says some have such problems with their peer relationships and others are doing beautifully. What makes a difference? You guessed at the emotional love tank. Most of those who are doing well have fathers who take part in keeping the emotional tank full. But if a girl does not have a father present in the home, all is not lost. She may find a good father substitute or in a grandfather or uncle. Many fatherless girls grow to be healthy women in, women in every way. But it does mention that some of those girls you observe do not resort to awkward behavior with boys. They can simply be themselves because of their healthy esteem and sexual identity. Their behavior patterns are consistent and stable, whether they're interacting with the star quarterback or shy, a shy, hesitant boy. You will notice that boys hold them in high esteem. But best of all, they have close, supportive, meaningful relationships with other girls. Girls with strong and healthy self-esteem and sexual identity can better stand against negative peer pressure. They're more able to hold on to moral standards. They are taught from their homes and are better equipped to think for themselves where it compares them to that you will see girls that have a difficult time relating to the opposite sex. They are either shy or withdrawn around boys. They may be flirtatious or even seductive. While boys may enjoy the flirtations of the attractive girl, they do not hold her in high regard and usually ridicule her in private. But the real agony for this girl is not just her reputation, but her ongoing relationships with other girls. They tend to resent her because of her behavior with these boys. So having a normal and supportive friendships with other girls is far more important than getting along with boys and their friendships also set a lifetime pattern. So this is so important that I think I keep revisiting and although I don't think this is a problem with Dustin with our girls, um, I think as they get older, this is something that you definitely have to be reminded of because it talks about how when your children are younger, it's a lot easier to have that physical touch with them because, you know, when your kids are young, it's just you're snuggling them all the time. You're holding them all the time. You have to lay in bed with them. You're getting them dressed. You're bathing them, changing their diaper, helping them with things more often so that you're getting close to them. 
So physical touch can happen a lot more often and naturally when they're young. But as they get older, it's very important to remember ways of showing healthy physical touch to them, especially coming from their fathers. And that with boys, this is something that they also need from their mothers as well. And again, we talk about healthy because physical touch obviously has a dark side to it. Um, You know, as we know, you know, sad but true, but not all touch is loving. It seems that almost daily we hear some story about a teacher or a coach or a relative. And yes, even religious leaders who have been accused of inappropriate touch. Um, So, it happens and that's why it's so so very important to be discussing with your child appropriate touch and showing them appropriate touch because i think that it's not just what we tell our children it's what we show our children if we want to tell our children to do something and they see us doing the opposite it's going to be confusing to them so it's so important, um, physical touch, I feel, because if that is their primary love language and you're not doing that, they could be having an empty tank and then they could find someone who's going to fill that tank and take advantage of them because their tank is empty and they, cr- they crave that tank being filled and that person is not the person that should be filling it because they're not filling it in the right way. So we want to be very aware of that. And this one, I think, can be the most dangerous. So I think this chapter is almost one of the most important ones to know um, because it's also something that when you learn what your child's love language is, you start to realize that the physical touch is so important in a positive, negative, healthy, or positive, healthy way. But it can be so detrimental to them when it's a negative thing. So if you're feeling angry and, you know, you, it says, it mentions how, you know, a slap in the face to a child who is not their primary love language is physical touch, that that is going to be traumatizing. But to a child whose physical, physical touch is their love language, it's going to devastate them. So it, it can be the opposite. Um, and, and I think that's so true as they get older um, to hope that they get into a relationship where, you know, they expect a healthy physical touch and they don't allow someone to, to show them unhealthy, negative physical touch that can then just devastate them so much that they can't even, you know, do what they need to do to stand up for themselves. So, I liked this chapter. I thought it was one that definitely had some really good information. And it's interesting, too, how he mentioned that you can be looking for little clues. And you basically just want to listen to what your child says. You know, if you ask your child or someone asks your child, what, how is it that you feel loved? How do you know your mommy or daddy loves you? And if they're mentioning things like, well, they just always snuggle me. I know they love me because they give me hugs and kisses when I'm sad or they hold me when we watch a movie or they give me fist pumps, things like that. If you're noticing that they're all physical things, it's a little clue that maybe physical touch is their primary love language. Um, it's 
at the end of the chapter, it mentions some things that here are a few more ideas, especially for parents. Pick and choose among them to try something new to think your child will appreciate. So when you greet or say goodbye to your young children, gather them into your arms and hold them. Kneel down for small children. Let your child hold or cuddle a soft item such as a blanket to soothe them. Hug and kiss your child every day when you leave and return from school, as well as when you tuck them in at night for younger children. Stroke your child's hair or rub their back when they tell you about a difficult day or are upset. Shortly after disciplining your child, take a moment to give them a hug to show them the discipline was based on consequences or their wrongful choices, but that you still love and cherish them. Snuggle closely together on the couch when watching television. Give each other a high five or similar congratulations when ever you catch your child doing something positive. Purchase a gift for your child that is touch-oriented, such as a soft pillow, blanket, or sweater. Occasionally yell out a group hug for the entire family, regardless of how small or large the family size. To add more fun, include family pets, such as a dog or cat. Play games or sports together that require physical touch. Sing action songs together with your children that require touching and action, such as clapping hands, spinning, or jumping. Have tickle fights with your children, being careful not to allow it to become stressful activity. With younger children, read stories together with your child on your lap. When your child is sick or gets hurt, spend extra time providing comfort like wiping her face with a cool cloth and hold hands during family prayers. So I thought those were some really nice ideas to think about. If you're feeling like maybe your child's love language is physical touch, um, I think that can be a really good thing to maybe run down some of these and get some ideas for maybe some ways that you can start adding some of these activities and see if you're noticing any changes in behavior or reaction when it happens. So it's fun to find ways to um, reach out and try to connect again with our children, especially right now if you're feeling disconnected um, because things are really stressful right now and maybe you're feeling that way with having your kids home for the last couple weeks. Um, So listen to the list, try some, and let me know how it goes. So I hope this chapter brought value to you and I look forward to going on to chapter three, which is words of affirmation. Until next time, I'm Anne, and this is In the Studio with Anne podcast.